From Seoul, Korea, KBS World Radio News Today starts right now. On today's broadcast, Team Korea seeks a win against Portugal as it is the only way to advance to the round of 16 in the World Cup. The government warns that it could issue return-to-work orders to truckers in the refined oil, steel and container industries. And a court will decide whether to issue an arrest warrant for former spy chief So Hoon, who is accused of trying to conceal the shooting death of a fisheries official by the North. This is KBS World Radio News. I'm Tom McCarthy. Everything is on the line as South Korea takes on Portugal in their last group match of the 2022 World Cup. Staring down improbable odds as third in Group H, Team Korea will be looking to their star players while hoping the other group match plays out in their favor to advance to the round of 16. Richard Larkin has more. South Korea will face Portugal in their last group match of the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar at 12 a.m. Saturday Korea time. Team Korea, placed 28th in the FIFA rankings, has a chance of advancing into the round of 16 only if they beat Portugal, who currently sit the top Group H and are 9th in the FIFA rankings, and the score of the other group match goes their way. Portugal has already secured a berth into the round of 16, having defeated Ghana 3-2 and Uruguay 2-0 to come into Saturday's match with 6 points. South Korea held Uruguay to a scoreless draw in the first group match but lost 3-2 to Ghana in the second match to earn one point with a goal difference of minus one, putting them third behind Ghana in the group. Team Korea's head coach, Paulo Bento, said in a news conference that the team will do their best in the face of a strong team. South Korea's key defender, Kim Min-jae, is still struggling with a calf injury but did make it for the last day of training before the match, while Portugal boss Fernando Santos said the same day that there is a 50-50 chance that superstar Cristiano Ronaldo will play. If the Taegu Warriors are to advance to the knockout stage for the first time in 12 years, they must not only beat Portugal but also rely on a complicated array of possible results of the Ghana-Uruguay match, unfolding concurrently to break their way, the easiest of which for Team Korea is a one-goal victory for Uruguay. Richard Larkin, KBS World Radio News. The government has warned that it could apply return-to-work orders to truckers in the refined oil, steel, and container industries as the strike by unionized truckers entered its ninth day on Friday. Interior and Safety Minister Lee Sung-min issued the warning in a meeting of the Central Disaster and Safety Countermeasures Headquarters, saying the government will immediately take such a step if the disruption in logistics deals blows to other industrial sectors. The minister said that entire industries are facing increasing damages due to the disruptions in logistics and exports, citing losses of 1.6 trillion won for the cement, refined oil, and steel industries this past week. He added that shipments of cement jumped around fourfold after the government issued a return-to-work order for striking cement truckers earlier on Tuesday, but that such shipments still fall below 50% of deliveries in ordinary times. There were 52 gas stations without stock across the nation as of 8 a.m. A Seoul court began deliberations on Friday over the prosecution's request for an arrest warrant for former National Intelligence Service Director So Hoon, the central figure in the previous government's handling of the 2020 shooting death of a fisheries official by North Korean soldiers. So appeared at the Seoul Central District Court at around 9.45 a.m. and headed straight into the building without answering reporters' questions. The former spy chief is accused of deciding to conceal the North's killing of the official in 2020 and instructing government agencies to delete related intelligence during a minister's meeting held the day after his death. 
He is also suspected of ordering the Defense Ministry, the NIS, and the Coast Guard to fabricate reports to make it seem as if Yi defected to the North. Former President Moon Jae-in on Thursday warned the incumbent administration not to cross the line in its investigation into his government's handling of the case. The court is set to reach a decision as early as Friday. South Korea, the U.S., and Japan made back-to-back announcements of sanctions against North Korean entities and individuals linked to the regime's nuclear and missile development. The trilateral coordination is an apparent effort to maximize the efficacy of a global push to restrain Pyongyang's nuclear weapons development amid a lack of progress by the United Nations Security Council. Kim So-yeon reports. South Korea, the U.S., and Japan introduced simultaneous new sanctions against North Korea on Friday, reflecting their united front to clamp down on the regime's repeated provocations. This comes as permanent members China and Russia fiercely opposed further restrictive action against North Korea within the U.N. Security Council. Washington's call for the council's presidential statement censoring North Korea was met with a tepid response. Early Friday, the U.S. first designated three high-ranking officials of the North's ruling Workers' Party for their involvement in the regime's development of weapons of mass destruction and intercontinental ballistic missiles. Seoul then followed up by expanding its blacklist, adding eight North Korean individuals and seven agencies linked to Pyongyang's nuclear and missile development, as well as its evasion of sanctions. Tokyo, for its part, named three new agencies and one individual. The three countries' simultaneous announcements are apparently aimed at drawing the international community's attention and maximizing the efficacy of a global clampdown. The designations by the three allies also intersect and overlap with each other, which will likely make it more challenging for the North to dodge restrictions. Kim Soyeon, KBS World Radio News. You are now listening to the news from KBS World Radio's News Center in Seoul, Korea. Next year's budget bill, the first submitted by the Yoon Sung-yeol administration, will miss its midnight deadline in Parliament amid a clash between the two main rival parties. National Assembly Speaker Kim Jin-pyo apologized in a press statement on behalf of the Parliament that failed to review and pass the bill for the 2023 budget within Friday. The speaker added that he will convene plenary sessions on Thursday and Friday of next week to pass the bill. The announcement comes after the ruling People Power Party and main opposition Democratic Party failed to reach an agreement on an agenda before the Friday deadline. Kim called on the two parties to put their rivalry aside to focus primarily on the budget amid a global economic crisis, inflation, high interest, and a slowdown in exports. He pledged to do his best to mediate between the two sides and find a solution that will satisfy the public. He then called on Parliament to pass the budget within the current regular session set to run through December 9th. Earlier in the week, rival parties clashed over the agenda for the plenary session this week, with the DP demanding that a vote be held on its motion to dismiss Interior Minister Lee Sang-min for his handling of the E21 crowd crush. The PPP urged the opposition to pass the budget rather than insisting on the political distraction created by the DP's motion. A special police unit investigating the fatal Itaewon crowd crush summoned Seoul Metropolitan Police Agency Chief Kim Gwangho for questioning as a suspect on Friday. The move came a day after the unit opened an investigation into Kim on charges of professional negligence resulting in death, making him the highest-ranking police officer to face charges in the case. Kim is accused of failing to take preventive measures despite anticipation of large crowds in Itaewon on Halloween weekend. 
The labor union and the management of the state-run Korea Railroad Corporation reached a tentative agreement in their last-minute talks just hours before a planned general strike. The union and management held negotiations at 4.20 p.m. Thursday, but the talks collapsed in just 20 minutes. The two sides resumed talks around midnight and reached a tentative agreement at around 4.30 a.m. Friday that includes the establishment of phased measures regarding pay raises over the next three years. They also agreed to increase the number of employees and improve working conditions at Obong Station, where one railway worker was killed early last month after being struck by a train while connecting and separating cargo trains. The tentative agreement will be put to a vote in a general meeting of the union members within a week. The benchmark Korea Composite Stock Price Index fell 45.51 points, or 1.84% on Friday, closing the week at 2,434.33. And that's the news from KBS World Radio's News Center in Seoul. I'm Tom McCarthy. You can also catch our news from our website at world.kbs.co.kr 